Uh, we shouldn't have any trouble covering the time, so we'll see. Uh, I think we're good. Uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine podcast with Griff and Tony. What's up, everyone? Griff here, uh, making noise during the intro drop. Uh, that's the way we like to do it here in professional radio land. Um, it's the Beer Engine Podcast, of course. Another episode. Uh, years. We're, soon we'll, we'll have reached the point where we have years of this content, Tony. That's wild to think about. Um, but I think the biggest question on people's minds, Tony, you know, at the end of last week's show, we talked a lot about Domino's pizza. So are you going to tell us, did you try, have you tried the prawn pizza or whatever at Domino's yet? I can tell you definitively, no, I have not. Would you like to okay. know the reason why I have not? <laughs> I'm not positive. There's, there's only one reason I can, there's two reasons I can think of one is it's a pain in the ass to get to that's good correct but not but the, the other reason. one is you did you did you did something to yourself or your gut that would pre- pre- uh, would prevent you from wanting to insert domino's pizza into it well there's no reason you should want to win insert domino's pizza into your gut but that is not the reasons the reason okay. is lockdown bum, no bum, that's bum. right you're on you're on lockdown well again Regional Victoria is now out of lockdown because only Melbourne is a disease-carrying grot. Right. Um, right. Clump of people. Well, no, they're on their way down, <laughs> unlike Sydney. But um, we were in lockdown. They carked it. They carked it. <laughs> <laughs> we were in lockdown for five days, and because there was no transmission in regional areas, we're back to uh, being able to go outside for more than five reasons. So that's yeah. delightful. The only Australian f- phrase I've learned in the last, uh, I don't know, handful of years here, I think, is sco- ScoMo carked it. ScoMo <laughs> carked it. God, so, I wish ScoMo carked it. ScoMo, yeah. of course, being our, um, I was going to say delightful Prime Minister, but I should uh, mm-hmm. mention that he is a um, Hillsong member. So I think that says oh, it all. Sure. Fucking hate right. ScoMo. Don't get me started on ScoMo and his fucking government, their shithouse, and they've done a shithouse job rolling out the vaccine. He's we, not carked it enough. He's no. carked it just enough to not to not uh, get in deep trouble. Well, uh, Tony. Oh yeah. The, what do you do? Oh no. Okay. The vaccine rollout has been bad. So let's let's evaluate how bad he carked. No, no, no. Give me a scale of carking. I just wanted to say that one of his best friends from the Hillsong Church is also deep, deep into QAnon and was able to insert a couple of phrases into one of ScoMo's speeches that um, it wasn't as deep as uh, where we go one, we go all. But it, and it wasn't the great replacement, but it was, I forget what phrase it is, but he made made it onto the uh, Hansard, which is our national record of parliament. So yay QAnon supporters, they're delightful. Yeah, and where we go, one where we go all is actually the official motto of the Beer Engine Podcast. So feel free to proliferate that. You know, just <laughs> use that whatever that acronym is. Um, See, get I, a tattooed, get a tattooed on your neck. I think would be a good move to do. 
um, along with our logo next to it, actually. Absolutely. See, here I was thinking that our official pizza was um, Domino's, but obviously it's common ping pong pizza, right? It's Pizzagate. We've got to support oh, those course, guys. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, whatever. The, yep, we, we stand behind you. We're, we're just all over the place. We stand behind the Pizzagate uh, guys and also uh, the, the, uh, the use the Q&I motto. We're just everywhere. You can't catch us. Um, Tony, speaking of Domino's real quick, I actually do. I know I made show notes and I like, and all of a sudden I talked about how good I am about sticking to them. And I immediately want to talk about a, some fast food I ate. Um, I think it's important that we talk about some fast food I ate. Uh, you didn't eat the Domino's, but my wife was out of town and I did hit up my local fast food joint mere, mere seconds away from our new place here. I went to the Taco Bell. Oh, I Tony. love me some Taco Bell. Yeah, and I had their newest uh, little item here. Hang on, let, I, I, let me stop you. Did it taste any different to every other item on the Taco Bell menu? Taco Bell should just be a flavour rather than items because it all tastes identical. A Gordita Crunch sort of. the same as their tacos, same as their yeah. large Coke. They all taste the same. I think I think this was close. I mean, obviously, there's just sort of the flavor of the what I what I kind of call like meat, sort of like shrapnel that they have. Yeah. Um, and I just really like the hard and soft taco plain. That's fine to me because it just that you're right. That just gives me that that puts the the Taco Bell flavor in, into me. You know, that's all I really want. But this thing was interesting to me, Tony. This is called the loaded taco fries burrito. Um, Ooh. yeah, now this, now this was something this had, uh, uh, it's got the meat in there. Some of that beef, quote unquote, you got some nacho cheese sauce. You got some of the sh- cheese shreds, um, spicy ranch, tomatoes, lettuce, and what they call red strips and red strips are just little tortilla like strips. <laughs> shrapnel. So they just call it, they just call it red strip. A lot of shrapnel in this thing. <laughs> So you got the fry, and you got the fries in there too. So you got the fries shoved in there also. So uh, I fucking actually really love this thing. I give it one of my highest uh, late night fast food recommendations. This is a this is an A plus winner right here, Tony. I, I really wow. enjoyed it. Yeah. Now, where do you stand on? You guys would call it a French fry sandwich. We in Australia call it a chip sandwich or a chip buddy, chip, as English buddy. as English would would. Um, would call it where do you stand on that i'm a huge fan I, I love it no no ketchup for me in it though i know that's controversial some people are ketchup some people are no ketchup i'm a no ketchup man hard to find it around i mean i guess you just make one yeah um, you make one but i'm not really i'm not really someone who carries around a lot of white bread is my problem you know white white bread isn't really something that's in my house a lot um, now, so this yeah. is the one thing that I don't always stick to the recipe on because let's take people through the recipe. It's very complicated. There are three ingredients. We've got white bread, yeah, we've got butter, and we've got chips or fries, steak right. cup fries. But classically, the bread is traditionally a white supermarket sliced loaf, like a, a Wonder Bread. Is that what you call it? Is that your major brand? Of- yeah, yeah, Wonder Bread. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's enriched wheat loaf, you yeah. know, yeah. This is one area where I like to diverge from the mainstream here. Change up the bread. I'm not saying go to brioche. I don't think brioche works for a chip buddy. But hear me out. 
a good crusty sourdough, jam that full of chips and butter. Delicious. Sure. Now, now here's now here's something that I just learned because I just put in Chip Buddy Las Vegas, Tony. Um, and this is a place that I've been a few times, so I'm I, I might maybe I'll go check this out. Uh, we got the we got the football starting this week, so um, they're going to be open. And I mean, they're they're open 24 hours a day. <laughs> what am I fucking kidding? But there will be people there in the morning at least. And I, as I say that, I realize there are probably people there in the morning, anyways. So. Um, but, uh, crown and anchor, the crown and anchor in, uh, on Tropicana near UNLV, uh, has a chip buddy on their menu. Now they serve theirs on a buttered roll on like a dinner. This sounds like it's on like a dinner roll or like a, maybe a, maybe like a buttered burger roll, maybe something like that. Well, do you not just have rolls that you would, you would like have a ham and salad roll, Sam? Well, we'd call it a sandwich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We would call it a, like a, like a. I mean, whatever. It's a bun. Yeah, it's the yeah. same fucking shit. Yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah. So, um, actually, I'm kind of thinking this, Tony. Tony, how much trouble do I get in if I do this? I sort of want to do this. You get a chip buddy, and then you get a side of curry sauce for dipping it. Now that sounds good to me. That's that's very English. I like the curry sauce. Yeah. I've got to be in the yeah. right mood. Don't get me wrong. I'm, it's not an everyday occurrence, but I do like the yeah. um, the curry you, sauce. You, and Crown and Anchor is that. The location, you might not know this, but we had a trivia night at the first Tycon event, which was held at one of the Crown and Anchors in Las Vegas. And it may It was probably this one, because um, yep. this is this was sort of their original location. And they temporarily had one downtown. No, it wasn't do, the actually. downtown location. It was definitely uh, there's one on um there's one on Spring Mountain, but I doubt you went to that one no um in chinatown near chinatown definitely Um, not it would have been this one so there you go a little shout out to anybody that used to listen to this in iowa um i was probably still in college when the for the first tycon right that would have been like 2006 yeah something like that yeah Yeah. wow now just going on the pictures from their website as much as little as you can take from food pictures on a website those chips look perfect for a chip oh, yeah. buddy, I've got to say. Oh, yeah. They are what I would consider a perfect um, chip to, to jam into well, a piece of bread. Well, now, I think the I, I think the Americans, the Australians, and the English, we can all agree, the loaded taco fries burrito is maybe the perfect um, sort of confluence of, of all of our cultures um, and maybe some amount of Mexican. Yeah, some amount there. of Mexican. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I sometimes think the, the meat pie using the chip as a spoon with tomato ketchup oh, yeah. is the perfect uh, yeah, confluence of all point. three countries. Because yeah. who I, doesn't I love a, a good meat right. pie? You should be able to get a good meat pie here at the uh, Crown and Anchor. Have you had their meat I'm pie? Sure you, well, I haven't had theirs. Um, I have had the one at a place called Cornish Pasty Company, which is downtown, um, and it's really fucking good, actually. Um, they do one that's a whole Sunday roast in a pie, and that's pretty goddamn good, actually. Now and- um, you, you can feel real bad, but all these places you go to crown and anchor at nine in the morning and you go drinking and watch your football team lose to Manchester city four to nothing. And then eat uh, some, eat a pie and maybe a chip buddy with some curry sauce. You're in a, you're in a world of hurt, my man. <laughs> well, your day's over. Can I suggest maybe you had it? Maybe you haven't. There's actually two things on this, on this starter menu along with the chip buddy. I think you should try. All right. That is, of course, the Scotch egg. Have you had a Scotch egg? Oh, yeah. 
Love oh, me yeah, a scotch egg. Many a scotch egg, yeah. Okay, you've had that. Now, have you had a sausage roll? When I was in, um, when I was in uh, the UK, I was I was eating sausage rolls, every type of them. It's my favorite breakfast thing. I know how bad they are. They're not a breakfast thing, though. <laughs> this is the I interesting. Know, but- <laughs> I know, but it was I was available at places at breakfast. That is so I would go true. to I would go into the coffee shop and it'd be sitting in the pastry case. I'm like, sausage one, give me that one. I want a sausage roll because yep. I, I don't really care. Um, I just like it, uh, and it was. Uh, I sort of I, I think I've said this before. Not a popular opinion, but I'm not. I don't need an egg in my breakfast. I'll just I don't need it. That, no. If I, I'll just go with. I just want. I'll just take the sausage and the pastry. That's that's <laughs> cool to me. I don't. I don't mind it. Yeah. But um, I do love the damn things in that flaky kind of flaky pastry. Yeah. Yeah. That's fucking good. Now you know when pre-COVID times, I would attend a lot of uh, footy games. Um, sure. Now, if we're talking footy food, top of that list is of course the meat pie, but second to that is the sausage roll. And in, in football terms, they just have them loaded up at the um, concession stand. The pies are individually wrapped in plastic and so are the sausage rolls. You just grab them and go. So they're already wrapped yeah, in plastic. Ready awesome to go. To don't, even have to, don't even have to wait for it, yeah. No, but talking about breakfast food and English breakfast food specifically, where do you stand on black pudding? I like it. I'm a huge fan. I like fan. black pudding. Yeah, I like black pudding. I like I like all this weird shit. I like when I was there. I loved black pudding, and I know they just take all that meat and dunk it in the deep fryer when they have the English breakfast. They just take the whole <laughs> thing, put it in the basket, and dunk it in the deep fryer. That's fine. I don't care. Uh, so you get the little cake of of black pudding. Hook oh, it up, so, my man. That sounds good. That is really in Scotland. Good. They had they had little haggis patties. You got little haggis patties, and those were good. Um, really enjoyed those too. So. You ain't gonna scare me off with any of that shit. I'll eat all your weird, all your weird meats. Serve them up. I do like a fusion breakfast, so I do. Sure. Have the American thing of streaky smoked bacon. Yeah, this, yeah, the real, real bacon, good yeah. bacon. Yep. Yeah, so right. this is only of a Sunday, and then I will go. We get these frozen croissants. Of sure. course, you know what what a croissant is, but these are unbaked frozen croissants. So you take them mm-hmm. out of the freezer the night before, they prove overnight, stick them in the oven, fresh-baked croissants, the best. Killer. That's good. Love that. Then yeah, I, that sounds good. Then I have, if I'm feeling like an egg, I'll have a fried egg. That comes from any yep. country. Yeah, get an egg in there, sure. But then we have some really good black pudding that we can get locally, have myself some black pudding, and then have it with a latte. That is my Sunday morning breakfast There you go. Choice. That's everything. Yep. It's all in there. All right. Fuck the baked beans. You're making me hungry. Yeah, I I don't care. I'd eat, I ate the baked beans because I'm like, whatever, I'll eat this. And I like, actually like the little tomato because, but I love tomatoes. So that's fine. Um, And and I like them. I like the canned mushrooms because I'm a piece of shit. I don't care. I like the canned mushrooms. I'll eat them. (laughs) I hate the canned mushrooms. I love Shovel them down. That's all right. If I'm going really fancy, I will fry my own mushrooms because there's no reason to get them out of a can. You can get them at right. There is so there is one. The cheap the cheap hotel we stayed at in London because it, even a cheap hotel is fucking expensive. Um, had the canned mushrooms, but then we went to a nicer one when we were in Edinburgh, and they just cooked mushrooms normal because yep. you can just put them in a pan for one second and put them, <laughs> put them on the plate. It's fine. Really not hard to do. Uh, all right, Tony. While we're getting 
while we're getting nationalist here on the show, why don't we talk some Olympic basketball? It's all over. Uh, of course, we were kidding last week. <laughs> we gotcha. Um, the U.S. Uh, uh, took the gold again. My only thought about the U.S. team, and I, I said this to our friend Brian as well, um, was that uh, I think everybody who was concerned about the U.S. team and everybody who uh, thought the U.S. team would be fine, I think they were actually both right. Yes. Yeah, uh, I think, I think the right. U.S. team had all of the problems that we thought they would have and had all of the advantages that we thought they would have, and they they essentially evened out into just being good enough shooters and good and better enough than everybody else to beat everyone. Because you just look at France, and France held their own pretty well, but at the end of the game, their best player would not have made the team, and that was a problem for them. Because Evan Fournier, whether you think it was Evan Fournier or Nick Batum, they would not. They're not getting on the twelve man for for the U.S. So it, it that ended up being a problem for them at the end of the game. So. Yeah, the the way I look at it is, I guess Rudy. I guess Rudy, but he also would not have made it either. Maybe. See, maybe Rudy he would have made it. No, yeah, I well, think yeah. That, that's the person I was thinking of. I, I I was thinking, okay, he probably didn't play against much against the U.S. because of the matchup that you guys had. But are you but telling me fall, that he also did? He also did fall out. So yeah, are you telling me that Rudy wouldn't have played? On that team, he he wouldn't have started. I'm not sure he would have played. He he would have played. mm, Yeah, I think Bam Bam was good though, huh? He was he did it all for them uh, on defense uh, and effort stuff. So shout out to him for being like six nine and being able to jump like over the rim. He's nuts. My point with um, U.S. basketball versus the rest of the world is you're coming from a place where it was basically U.S. basketball was an all-star team versus oh, Division Two or Division Three college team when they were playing against teams in the Atlanta Olympics. Maybe one oh, or sure, two right, teams yeah. had an NBA player. But now you're coming up against an NBA all-star team that doesn't have a lot of chemistry playing a middle to lower of the ranked NBA teams, essentially in quality. And yeah, skill I, I would say that France would be a... Uh... Lottery team. <laughs> that's fine to say that, but say they're towards yeah. the bottom of the lottery. I, right. I think and that's any, that's fair. Any night, you know, any night. Yeah. Know, those guys, you know, you, you, that was the problem for the U.S. against Spain, right? They they yeah. uh, spent the whole first half bricking, and then and then and and kind of that happened in most of their knockout rounds, right? Was they yep. would spend the first half throwing up shitty shots, and then Kevin Durant would say, "Oh yeah, I'm bigger and faster than all these guys." Uh, I'll just go to the basket. That'll yeah. be easy. And it was easy, actually. And uh, even against Rudy, it ended up being not that bad because Rudy was flinging his arms around and he fouled out. And that's, you know, that'll happen when Kevin Durant's coming at you. It's just, it's arms and legs against arms and legs. And one of the guys is just going to be just strong enough to beat the other. And that's kind of what happened. But, um, Good, good games though. I enjoyed watching the games. Um, you guys had a fun, fun, you know, metal round, and you're we did. You're walking away with some hardware too. Because we'd been to the uh, Olympic bronze medal game four times, and we never were able to walk away with a medal. So Seoul in '88, then I think Atlanta in '96, and then a couple of. I think the last two Olympics we made it to the bronze medal game. Yeah. Never been able to pick up that bronze medal, but we were up against one person, so we threw our best 
defenders on him, um, double teamed him, good rotations. Even without Aaron yeah. Baines, we were able to come away with the win. So, yeah, really, really yeah, I thought- excited about um, how Australia were able to play. And I think third is exactly where we should have finished in the tournament. Australia was a good team. They 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 gave the U.S. problems just because, well, like I just said, the U.S. did the whole thing with the first half where they clunked up some garbage shots and then <laughs> they realized they were faster than the other guys. So they're like, oh, yeah, I'm, I get it. But uh, probably uh, could have, um, you know, wouldn't just because of the way the tournament shook out, I could have seen them in the gold medal game as easy as France. Uh, yeah. No reason to believe they couldn't just because they had the same type of team, right, where they had four or five sort of um, rotation NBA players. Uh, uh, no, we had more than that. Yeah, maybe maybe more because that was the problem with France is they had like four and yep. then they had a bunch of other guys, you know, that were kind of scurrying about. Now, the problem with some of our guys is we had a lot of redundancies in position. So Baines went down with a neck injury. He may never play in the NBA again because of what's, what's happened with his neck. And that happened in the shower of all things. That's um, yeah. how I hurt myself usually. Yeah. And we had nobody at a genuine power forward. Thibault played that from time to time. Joe Ingalls played that. So Joe Ingalls, Patty Mills, Dante Exum, Matisse Thibault, Aaron Baines, um, Dally, if you want to call Dally um, an NBA player. Sure. We, I think we had seven or eight guys that are in the NBA and two guys from the NBA that, that didn't make the team for one reason or another. Um, ben Simmons. Sure. Everything going on there. And Josh Giddy because he'd just been drafted and just didn't quite make it in. All right, Ben Ben Simmons. He's he, that's gonna be there you go with that. We're just gonna ignore that for now. Save that for a few weeks from now when we when we get okay. in to figure out what Ben Simmons' life is gonna be. Um Golden State, right, Tony, baby. So Golden State. Congrats. Congrats to Australia, congrats to the US. We Boy, nope. At least basketball. I'm not going to congratulate the U.S. on anything else, really. Really haven't done anything else particularly well. Should be ashamed of just about everything else we're doing besides uh, some of the cool athletes. And the women's basketball team, by the way, watch them. They're fucking awesome. That USA women's team is a goddamn insane. It's just total insanity um, to watch them play. They're, they're nuts. Uh, but anyways, Tony, uh, moving on to uh, some show-related things. We uh, have a Discord channel, and it's been it's had some fun activity this week. Um, I enjoyed Nick Tork's menu from his uh, pub in the in the seventies. So remind me, I get I get mixed up, and Nick's going to get mad at me for this. Uh, Nick is from the UK, correct? He is, that is he absolutely is English, correct. Right? Um, he's yes. he is not. He's because I was like, this is not what the pub menu looked at like in Australia. That doesn't, doesn't <laughs> well, seem right. Um, it wouldn't have been that much difference, got to be honest. Yeah, it probably wouldn't have been that much different. Sure, I get you. I don't know if they have a Tetley um, Tide House, as no, it were. No, that's true. Uh, no, we, we don't. But, yes, Nick yeah. has been over here for some time now. It would be 10 to 15 years, I think, Nick's been in Australia. And, hell, if we can call Matisse Thibel an Aussie, I think we can call Nick an Aussie at this point. But, yeah, yes, I originally think, think from point, the yeah. UK, he 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 grew up in England um yeah I know he's seen a lot of Europe not sure whether he's lived in other parts of Europe but I know he's seen a lot of it um a lot of different bars 
thought this was interesting just considering what we were talking about last week with a lot of the old school uh, beers. Uh, um, I did have to ask about Falstaff. I'm like, that can't be the St. Louis Falstaff. That was correct. Um, presumably because those beers that were on draft other than Guinness were, were probably Tetley beers, I would guess, at a Tetley tight house. But um, I don't know any of the. I'm not familiar with any of those beers, in fact. Um, but I'm sure the mild was good. I don't know. I want one. <laughs> I, I gone to plenty of fucking Fuller's t- uh, Tide Houses when I was there and drank their mild and their ESB, and I had no no complaints about that. So hopefully this one's in the same ballpark. Um, but I like the um, part just under the header, maximum prices in this room. Does that mean a different – or is that allowing for, for happy hour or can a bar person just charge whatever the fuck they want at any one time? Did you notice that on the menu? That's a great point. I I actually just wondered. I was maybe maybe that means that um, there are just uh, maybe there is a happy hour or like a special time or something. I, that that is a good point. Um, I also see Shandy on here too. Kind of curious if that's. I presume I that's what I think it is. What do you think it is? Um, and I can tell you some kind of some kind of beer and and juice not com- juice. combination not juice. or soda. Lemonade specifically, but you guys, yeah. what um, both um, England and Australia well, we, call lemonade is kind of like Sprite more than anything else. Yeah, we yeah we have like I I I know what we have Shandy here and we have Radler here. I just you know thing forty years of fifty years ago things just have different words. I don't know whatever. <laughs> yeah, but so uh, in a different country. So. That, that's true, but uh, as my parents were both of drinking age back then, uh, and they have a revulsion towards Shandy because the lemonade was always oh, wow. flat and, of course, shitty beer lines with shitty beer. Not fans of Shandy's. They are huge um, haters of Shandy's, I would go that far to say. Yeah. I would say the ones here tend to be more like they're mixed. It's lemonade and beer in a Shandy. And a Rattler is more like lemon soda, like a very, like a Italian soda mixed with, uh, yep. mixed with beer. We're starting um, to see Rattlers and stuff come out, and they're yeah, certainly Rattler. gaining po- popularity. We, I don't think we'll ever see a brand like a branded can of Shandy in Australia, but uh, we St- certainly get St- cans of, of Rattlers for sure. Stiegel, Stiegel Rattler is fire, dude. Stiegel Grapefruit Rattler what a, on a hot day. Ooh, that's <laughs> nice right there. Now, um, Also, I posted about uh, something very important to me, Tony. Um the main street station is reopening here in Vegas. That was very, uh, very important news. Very big news for us. We've been wondering if they were ever going to come back. Um, it was hard to believe it wouldn't. And, uh, it thank, thank, thank goodness they will return, uh, just after labor day. Um, so hopefully they're putting beer in the tanks, marker pale ale in the tank for me to come back and buy it for $1.50 or get it comped while I'm sitting there playing the full pay fucking, oh, okay, like 99. (laughs) The bar poker is like 98.5% pay. For bar poker, that's pretty good. I I will recommend, um, because it's an emotional place, Main Street Station, we know that, specifically the bathrooms. But can I recommend, if you are eating spicy wings, do not rub your hands in your no. eyes. I've no, made that mistake that. at the Main Street Station and the napkins 
are tiny there when you try and dull the pain. Yeah, they're like co- they're like cocktail napkins. Yep. Yeah, it's not good. Um, but do love the Triple Seven Pub. Excited for that to come back. Excited to play some tactile blackjack. Um, excited tactile to sit blackjack. at the big. Yeah, get excited to sit at the big Boar's Head Bar. So should be a good time. And they even said they're they're definitely opening their buffet, which I was laughing my ass off. I'm like, all right, what? what? Go, go go off, go <laughs> off Main Street Station. <laughs> uh, used to be a great buffet, um, kind of in the early days of buffets, but in in these times, I'm not sure it's necessary. But that's all right. Does it really? So, um, is it in the same class as Evan Bellagio or Bacchanal or, or the Oh, my wind? God. No. <laughs> no. No, it's not any of those. It's like a $15 buffet. Um, I've been there a couple times, and I actually thought it was fine, and they have a lot of Hawaiian food, um, which I like. They have katsu, and they have poi and shit like that. Um, I don't like poi, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's It's fine. And spam and everything at breakfast. It's it's cool, but um, it's not it's not a it's a buffet. It's it's probably the best cheap buffet. I'd say that it's much better. You're making a mistake if you're going to the Flamingo buffet and not going to the Main Street. Don't go to the Flamingo buffet or the fucking I don't know Paris buffet or some shit. Go just 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 save half your money and go to the Main Street station. It's it's probably just as good. It's probably way better actually. I'm sure um, it is, because um, the Paris buffet I've had that that is not good. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Tony, I ate the Riviera buffet once. Ooh. So. what could you not get mobile enough to move down to Jimmy Buffett's? Or I know it's not a buffet, but surely you would do anything rather than eat at the Riviera. Yeah, it's just a fucking moron. I was probably 23 <laughs> years old. Just stupid, stupid idiot. Uh, some other stuff. So Tyler, our friend Tyler went to Spiteful, a great brewery in Chicago. Um, that was cool. I uh, am. We had uh, Cascade Dank getting some a, a night getting the old nineteen point two ounce can of Ninkasi IPA. Uh, I hate to break it to Cascade Dank, but those are pretty popular here. The nineteen point two ounce cans of beer have gained a lot of traction here in the states. There's nineteen point two ounce cans of anti-hero from revolution and there's that size uh of um uh uh lagunitas ipa i believe also you can get so it's the most the reason that those cans are popular is because they're the biggest cans you can fit into the same can runners uh fillers Uh, um that that run at a lot of breweries right so it's not wider it's the same you know width or whatever circumference i guess we'll call yep. it and uh you can run it through that through your same can filler so uh instead of packing in in 12 or 16 you can sell you know you can get a little more extra margin out of this 19.2 ounces and unload it plus uh while, while we're on his picture here um he has some block 15 there and block 15 is an awesome brewery so just a shout out to that too now, I wondered why it was 19.2 ounces because I thought maybe there's a metric conversion where it makes sense to be 19.2 fluid ounces, but it makes sense that they're just making the most of their canning line. It's actually 1.2 pints, US pints. Sure. So yep. 0.6 of a pint if you're splitting it with people. Yeah. I mean, I so I think it's a good 
Maybe it's a good, I don't know what it is. I mean, that's a big IPA. I, I don't know if I've ever cracked one of those. Actually, you know what? I got to say I have because they were handing them out outside of a line for Rev once. <laughs> so I'm giving me one of those cold out and I'm drinking this to almost 20 ounce can of anti-hero. I'm like, all right. And it was like pretty much pulled off the line. I checked the date on the bottom. It was like that day. I'm like, all right. <laughs> Life this is going to be good. awesome. Yeah. And it was pretty, yeah. It's, uh, hey, it's only 18 degrees. Who gives a shit, right? Let's drink this. <laughs> oh, uh, simpler um, times. Yeah. Have they not returned? Really, actually. It was actually much worse because it was very cold. It's not, yep. it's, that uh, it was very challenging, but it was whatever. Got some barley wine out of it. Now, I know you're not doing it, but have the lines and, and, and big days of beer releases returned to the States yet with, with it reopening? Mm. In certain states, like Florida or Alabama, or you know, I think with Delta bouncing around, it's started to thin that out a little bit. There's been a couple. I know Wakefield had one or two, um, but I think a lot of these places kind of enjoyed their membership setup and their like online releases, where they don't have to deal with the stress of having the line outside and the line shares and stuff. I think a lot of those online releases are going to be here to stay. So I I think you're not going to, I think you might see if they're going to do a release and do something live, they'd rather just have a ticketed party. Which makes it easier for everybody. Instead of of just having a free for all outside and three in the morning, you know, well, that's what you're going to see. Well, that free for all appeals to a certain cross section of the beer community. I would, I would much rather pay for a ticket, roll up at a reasonable hour get what I need oh, to get God. and and be done, whether it be a party or um, a, a special release or whatever it may be. Just give me some order in this chaotic world. Let me get yep. what I need to get and get the fuck out. That's what I want. Yep, that's that's I'm, that's all good to me. I, uh, I'm into that for sure. Um, other couple of sneaky things. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, we'll sneak that in later on in the show. But Corey, our friend Corey, did did sort of sneak in some hyper beer nerd dork shit news. Which, uh, hey, don't steal my bit. All right. Um, <laughs> what the hell? Uh, what else do we have? Oh, we had uh, Jay Rome telling me that the brewery on Laverne and Shirley was Shots Brewery. I don't know. Oops, too young for Laverne and Shirley, unfortunately. So that was a mistake on my part. And uh, I think that's just about it of stuff I have to respond to. Right, Tony? Is there anything else? I th- I posted Joe Rogan. That was a long time ago. We don't need to talk about Joe Rogan yet. So Certainly okay. not after the week he's had. We don't need to talk about Joe Rogan. Yeah, we'll just pass on that. But So, yeah, if you guys want to get in the Discord, it's a fun party. Uh, if you like talking about beer, kind of, and just other crap more so, uh, either way, you're good. You can just email us. At beer engine show at gmail.com or better yet get us on instagram at beer engine pod just dm us and i will uh i'll i'll give you a hit, hitch up with that link and you can you can come hang out with us um tony uh one last listener contact to uh respond to is that we did receive an email from tyler who asked an important question that i think we should respond to um so here's what he said. Tony, I feel like you're going to have an answer for this. So Tyler says, hey, fellas, got another question for you. Have you ever used a garlic press? 
What is the point? Seems like an insane hassle to use and clean when a simple prep knife will do. Not sure how to re- relate this, how to relate this to beer. I'm sure Griff can vamp a bit and make up this last sentence or two for me and tie it into the beer theme of your podcast. I've never needed to tie anything into <laughs> uh, beer here. We've barely talked about it so far, so that's fine. Um, and Tyler says he loves the show and our Paris healthy parasocial relationship. Hey, come on. You know, we we're we're not parasocial. We're all social. We've all we've all seen each other kind of in person <laughs> over Discord. So Yeah. Uh, or, or or by degrees, because I've seen Tony in person and Ty- and Tyler I think has seen me in person. So uh it's fine. But Tony, garlic press. What do you think of garlic press? I think they used to serve a job. Now you can say a prep knife does this same job, but it doesn't really. In fact, it's all about bursting the cells within the garlic structure. It's not about how fine you can get the crush, but actually what you do to the cells. Because what you're really looking to do with all your different preparations of garlic is release different amounts of a chemical called allicin. This is a chemical that is shared in common with onion. So if you want a more subtle flavour, you will stay with a whole garlic clove or you will go with a sliced garlic clove or similar then you will move into more a chop prep if you want more production and then a smash prep with a bit of salt and a and a big chef knife give that a bang that works but the most effective way we used to is extract the allicin for something say like a garlic bread is a garlic press it would burst the cells of the garlic open exposing more allicin making it more garlicky um sure so really extracting that flavour. I don't necessarily think they're needed these days because we have another product that I think is far more effective at it, easier mm-hmm. to clean and use, and that is the microplane. Right. does exactly the same job, gets really, really fine and bursts those cells open, gives you more Allison production, giving you that great garlicky flavour for the jobs where you need it. Yeah, I didn't have the scientific uh, approach to it. Elton Brown does over here, but I was going to say I just use a microplane because, uh, hey, Elton Brown would say it is a it's a multitasker. You can use your microplane for all kinds of stuff. Use it to grate some parm on your uh, on your spaghetti, or use it to uh, shave yourself. I don't know what else you, you shave some other crap in there. I shave cucumber on the microplane or the grater or whatever to, to get down for tzatziki. Citrus, yeah, lemon zest, palm. Uh, orange zest, parm, uh, the garlic, so it works jobs. great for it. Gin- yep. ginger, 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 you're yep. going to need it for nutmeg, spices, nutmeg, all that stuff. So you nice. can do, you can use, just get the, just get the microplane. I agree. You do, you don't need, you need more with garlic in a lot of cases, especially with prep. Now I don't, again, I don't have the scientific explanation, but if I'm, cooking the garlic for a very small amount of time in something. And I want to extend, I want to stretch that garlic flavor out or maybe not at all even. Right. I want, I need it to be smaller because it'll, in that it won't be as sharp. You won't be biting into a chunk of garlic and you'll actually spread the flavor out throughout the dish. Right. If I'm cooking something for hours, I just throw the whole some bitch cloves in there. I don't care, you know, or I'll slice it up, you know, ish. 
who cares? And I might even just pull it out later if I'm making stock or something and I want a garlic clove in there. Who cares? You strain it out later. But that's matter. the thing with garlic is it's so versatile in its <laughs> actual flavour production. Everybody thinks of it as being really potent, but if you've ever roasted a whole head of garlic, a whole bulb, and then squeezed right. it out and spread <clears> it on bread, that shit is, is, is so mild because there's barely any of that Allison production and that's yeah. what makes it so versatile for things like casseroles you don't necessarily want that sharp flavor so yeah when you're doing a braise or something like that keep it whole minimize that production and it gets really really um mellow and and caramelized and delicious in its flavor there and there's nothing better than just throwing some roast vegetables in the oven a couple of um bulbs um bulb, a couple of cloves of garlic even with their skin on just roast them away yeah. and you can squeeze them out delicious well, not to mention, if, say if you're cooking a meatball or something and you want a little garlic in there, you don't want to chop it up because you're risking sort of some burning in there. Or you maybe <clears throat> might break apart the, the blend a little bit. You're going to want to grind that thing up against the microplane so you can really blend it into your, to your meat mix there. Um, so good question from Tyler. If you have questions for us, of course, just email us, show at gmail.com, and I'll read everything you type. So I'm like Ron Burgundy over here. If you guys remember that movie from a long time ago. I will just read whatever you guys write down, so that's fine. Tony, uh, it's funny that Tyler wanted to talk about beer um, or said I had to segue this into beer or something because I, I guess we should talk about some beer. Um, it is the bottom quarter of our show notes. So, uh, Tony, it's time. Let's get into it. It's time for uh, the all-time favorite segment of the show and my favorite one to do. It's Griff's Lager of the Week. Griff's Lager of the Week. Let me find that sound effect. There we go. Perfect. All right. Nailed so it smooth. again. So smooth. Uh, Griff's Lager of the Week this week. You, this one might be, uh, Tony, do you think this one could be controversial? I guess we'll find out. And actually, <laughs> Is it Heliostat? Uh, no, no, no. It's a new, this is a new Lager of the Week, Tony. Uh, Tony, my logger of the week I had yesterday. Yesterday was my birthday, Tony. Uh, I'm 3,000 years old. Um, Happy birthday. What uh, did you buy yourself? Maybe a new car, for example? Was that something on your birthday list? I did, I did buy myself a new car, Tony. Um, guys, guys, you're going to love this, and Tony's going to love this too. i got to take a picture of the car. But uh, if, you see, if you see anyone in Vegas driving a bright blue Chevy Bolt, that is my car, uh, if you're wondering. So uh, give me a shout. Uh, don't rear-end me. That's what you – you don't have to rear-end me if you see me. Just, just like, honk at me or wave at me or something, you know. But uh, I, do, I do drive an electric now. I got my – plug in my car into the wall. It's the perfect car for this area. I love that, by the way. So don't, don't get me off on the car. That's I, I am really enjoying the electric car. I think it's fucking cool. Uh, anyways, my logger of the week – Actually, its logo has a very similar color to my car, funny enough. It is the Schlenkerla Hellas Lager, uh, which I had on draft, Tony, on draft at the Silver Stamp in downtown Las Vegas. Uh, an unbelievable thing to think about a Las Vegas bar having fucking smoked Hellas Lager on draft. Why is this um, controversial, though? I don't understand why this would be I don't controversial. Know. Some people are some people are not big smoke beer people, right? I Fuck mean, this em. isn't. Fuck you, all right. Kelly. All right, 
<laughs> right. Well, okay. It's not Kelly's lager of the fine. week. It's Griff's lager no, of the week, not no, Kelly's of course, lager of the so. week. No, sure. And there are more people that I think have uh, aversions to these types of beers. I personally don't. Um, Tony, it was it's so good. It was so good. It was served at such a nice uh, temp. Now, that's um, shocking is, for downtown because most of the time downtown you're getting that stuff where it's almost freezing. They like to say Well, they put the, like, at the, if you recall the place called Mermaids, that they would show the temperature of the beer at Mermaids. This yep, isn't 32 degrees. This is, this is, this is in the arts district, of uh, course, okay. but uh, it's still technically in downtown. Downtown, yep. Um, so, Tony, the, the Schlenkerle Hellas Lager beer, not super smoky, right? So, you get, if you get the Bach beer or you get the, um, I don't know, the, 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 uh, just, Roush beer, like the, the, uh, the, I guess that is the Bach, but whatever the, or the Lenten beer, maybe the Lenten, the Lenten beer version. Um, that one, it can be a little bit more intensely smoky. I don't know if it's because the darker malt carries the smoke a little deeper. It lends its own, own smoke or what, but this has a delicate smokiness to it. It is a pretty easy going smokiness. It's clean as all get out. Uh, I imagine refreshing, it literally refreshing Hellas. I mean, it's refreshing smoked Hellas. You could you could drink three of them. There's so nothing to it. It is still a Hellas with with a slight smoky note. Is that sort of? Yep, it's just it's it's Hellas lager all the way through and through with smoke flavor. I mean, it's lovely. Um, loved it. I love that they had it on draft. They served it in just a kind of a traditional glass, clear glass stein. Um, I did joke that it looks like the Chili's beer stein, that, but the one at Chili's has like four inches of glass all the way around so that you only actually get five ounces of beer out of your fucking mug. But um, this was a solid 16-ounce beer. Tasted great. I loved it. Tony, what do you think the rating is on Schlenker La Hellas Lager Beer from well, this uh, is not the, gonna be, the Heller Trum? This is not going to be good because Hellas, not going to rate particularly high. To style with a lot 40, of subtlety. 40, 44,000 check ins. Yeah, almost. still not going to rate high. I think it's going to come in at 3.30. Not quite. Not quite. It's a little higher than that, Tony. 3.49. Um, it's actually rated right around where Flywheel is. Crazy to think. But uh, um, both of those beers wildly underrated. So, yep. great lager of the week. Tony. Um, that was Griff's Lager of the Week. I know you 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 stole Lager of the Week last week. Do you, are you sneaking in a Lager of the Week this week, or are you you backing off? Look, I will throw you backing in off of my bit. No, no, well, I will I will jump into your bit, but I'm going to go. I'm going to go mass market, at least oh, in God. Australia, and I'm talking like a true macro beer. But it's a decent beer, all Victorian ingredients. So my home state, Victorian grown hops, Victorian grown malt, Victorian water. Right. I'm sure it's yeast from somewhere else originally, but um, Furphy, it's a mass market lager. Just a good drinking mass market lager when you want to drink a, an Australian mass market beer. It's, it's the one beer I will suffer through. Perhaps not the highest rating ever. If I was actually going to rate it on Untapped, I would give it a three and a half. So okay. def definitely not up in the class that you're talking about. But 
delicious enough every night drinker, reasonable price. Certainly better than 4X, 4X, not 4X, 4X, Vic Bitter, Carlton Draft, Tui's, all the other oh, mass... All the other mass market beers that we get in Australia, it's the best of a bad bunch. I'm not considering anything from Coopers in that bunch. They're a whole different beast unto That's themselves. That's a whole other thing, yeah. I've, I've had Coopers. We like Coopers, yeah. Yep. Um, all right. That's good to know. That's a winner. Good. Uh, Tony, I did want to point out before we leave the Lager of the Week segment that they are canning the Schlenker La Hellas. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fine Bavarian aroma hops from the area around the city of Nuremberg. All right, that's cool. I, all right, I gotta get I gotta get my hands on more of that. I'm going back there this weekend. I already know it. So. That's killer, uh, Tony. Yeah, I know you were drinking some other beers this week. Why don't you Why don't you throw in some other stuff you got? You were popping open this week. What do you got? right we've got a beer of the week theme people not a second too soon i'm I'm gonna open my beer perfect all right good (laughs) just also gonna get a hiss going but tony love this love the theme why don't you give me why don't you why don't you cough it up tell me what you're drinking okay what do you think outside of saison what do you think my favorite style of beer is boy um what do I think your favorite style of beer is? I would say outside of Saison, I would say it's probably something like you tend to drink a lot of, um, boy, you do drink a lot of Saison and, and IPA. I'm having a hard time thinking of anything else besides Saison and IPA. It's probably not IPA. Uh, it's, I'm thinking like, is this, is, are we going into like the Imperial zones? Are we no. saying this is stout, stout Imperial? No. No. Are we saying it's like pay, pale ale, brown ale? Goza. Like Porter? Goza. Goza. So yeah. don't Choose get. Use the form of your destructor, Goza. No? All right, go ahead. <laughs> we don't get a lot of it. There are not a lot of commercially available beers of this style in Australia. I've made it several times myself. Anytime I can get hold of it, I like to get hold of it. This is by a great name brewery called Little Bang Brewing Company. Um, It's a 5% goza. Comes in exactly where you want it to come in at. Really, really heavy citrus notes, but you do get that salinity with that sourness. Um, I get the tiniest hint of spice, but... That's that's not really what this one's about. Um, it does have a really uh, interesting name. I didn't know it was a Goza until I tasted it and thought, that's got a little bit of salt in it. It's called Face Inverter, and I think that's what's made it suffer in the ratings because it's not that sour, at least to my palate. Yes, it's got okay. some tang, and yes, citrus forward, but does it tear my face off? No. That's hey, that's fine to me. I don't I don't want Gosa to tear my face off. Agreed. Little, little bang is that? Did you name that brewery after the <laughs> your trip to the Gold Spike or what? <laughs> I did not, but um, I'm sure that's what it's named after. They do have some very very <laughs> c- 
cool can art, though. I will say they have some. Right. It's almost always psychedelic in one way or another, whether it's a good trip or a bad trip. I'm, I'm a big fan of their can art. Sometimes it looks like a horror show. Other times, like Face Inverter, it's yellow and purple. All right, that's awesome. Gosa, I should have known, Tony. I should have known Gosa or Berliner Weiss. It just didn't even pop into my head. They must be hard to find. Uh, I don't drink. I don't drink a lot of them, but I do love them when I have them. Um, I've had some smoked sour wheat beers that were so killer. Now I've got my brain on smoked beers right now. But <laughs> smoke. So I think it was off color. Made like a smoked three and a half percent sour wheat. That was so good, dude. I, I I wish I could remember what that style name was, but really, really good. Um, so, Tony, I was drinking some stuff this week. I uh, did want to throw out, I don't know, I don't remember if I talked about it last week, but uh, <laughs> I think I probably did, but the Citraholic by Beechwood is so goddamn good, dude. Um, Citraholic by Beechwood, uh, and I got it like a week fresh, um, and they had, they just had it on draft at Corey's too. It is so good. It is like blast from the past. Remember when we all cared about Citra, you know, West coast IPA, and then you drink it like, Oh yeah, it is fucking good though. It's so good. Uh, this was an absolutely killer beer. It's like 7%. I mean, hot, hot day. You can just, it just feels like you could just rip your shit up real bad on that beer. It's really good. I feel like Citra is going to be one of those hops that sticks around forever. Oh, yeah, we're not getting rid of that. No, it's it's one of those things that, yes, at its high point had a lot more acreage than it does now, but you see it in a lot of blends and as a single hop beer, it's one of the few that actually works. Sounds like a delicious beer. I cannot get enough Citra. Yeah. Another one I wanted to sneak in, actually a couple here, Uh, my – um, my lovely wife did go out to California, um, brought home a bunch of delicious natural wine, which is cool, but also snuck in for Pliny the Elders. Uh, uh, just they were they were kept cold and they were uh, bottled July 26th. Wow. So two week old Pliny. That's pretty good. Um, that is exceptional. And uh, I drank one yesterday. Birthday Pliny yesterday, Tony. And uh Nothing better than that, huh? That that was that went down so easy for eight percent. That was an all all timer right there. And then uh, last one here opened, cracked another Horace barrel aged. The Horace barrel aged stuff has started to pop off to me. Um, they're finally getting some nice burn, some nice ethanol flavor in those stouts. <laughs> uh, that's what we want. A um, little bit of fuselness to it. And uh, this was the Blanton's Barrel-Aged Imperial Stout with coconut, every type of coconut you could imagine, and marshmallows and sugar and whatever. It's sweet, but it was very, very nice bourbon flavor, like a nice biting bourbon flavor to help balance out all that sugar. It's called Duppy Dolphin. It was the beer they brewed with Jay Wakefield, then aged in Blanton's Barrels um, for a year, and it was extremely delicious, so... Uh, shout out to Horace. The barrel aged stuff is starting to kick off. Now, I believe that featured in one of our games, which I got incorrect. I think I said that was a fake yeah, beer. It was a very silly name, yeah. Duppy Dolphin, yeah. But uh, it was a very delicious beer for being a very silly name, so shout out to the Duppy Dolphin. Very cool. So 
Tony, uh, hearing no other beers that you're getting drunk on, um, I think we should move on to our next important beer segment where we have some very, yet again, another week of very widespread uh, headlines. It's another round of hyper beer nerd dork shit news. Hyper beer nerd dork shit news. All right, Tony, if you're into beer, yet again, we had another week where there's a story you will not be able to get away from. Uh, this was all over the place the last few days. Tony, there's going to be hard Mountain Dew. Hell yeah. Yeah, that's what we want. We want hard Mountain Dew. Now, I don't we know. need hard Mountain Dew. don't know where you fall on this subject, but like when I go to KFC because they only have Pepsi-branded drinks and mm. we're not sugar wasn't an issue, my choice to go with my meal was always Mountain Dew, that the chicken salt chips, the greasy chicken, perfect combo. Big fan of, of Mountain Dew. Big fan of the no-sugar Mountain Dew. They do a good version of that. I'm not sure of their diet version. It probably tastes like ours because it's probably got aspartame in it. But their no-sugar version is delicious. Big fan of the flavour, as long as they do it subtly and the whatever they're mixing with the Mountain Dew to give it some hardness, I hope it's something as simple as vodka or a, a flavourless spirit. Um, if that's the case, count me in. I love Mountain Dew and alcoholic Mountain Dew sounds outstanding. So let's talk about the flavours of the hard Mountain Dew first and then we'll get into sort of the... Um, of the core of this story that really blew up. Um, so, Tony, there's going to be regular, right? So we got regular hard Mountain Dew, and we got watermelon hard Mountain Dew, and we got black cherry hard Mountain Dew. Now, my Mountain Dew flavors, now, I, my, I don't know. I mean, I stopped drinking soda a long time ago. When I was a teenager, when I was in college, I did enjoy Mountain Dew, and I did like... The Taco Bell versions of Mountain Dew. I liked the Baja Blast, I, and I liked the Code Red, which wasn't really Taco Bell related, but it was good. And then one day I start, I drank a Code Red when I was like 22, and I was like, oh, God, I'm going to die. You know, I, I can't have that. So uh, that just went away to me. Um, now you're talking a foreign a language to me. Because we don't have all these flavors in Australia. We've got original Mountain Dew and original Mountain Dew in diet varieties like no sugar yeah. that's all we've got we don't have right now we, we got taco bell the taco bell has its own mountain dew it has baja Bla. it's like blue or whatever it's the color of my car tony also it's, it's <laughs> that's my car is baja blast colored just if anyone's wondering um where do you right, stand so, on this for the uh, alcoholic version of mountain dew are you going to give this a, a whirl i will give it a whirl for the show i will i'll try it um, I don't think this is something I would drink regularly because I don't love, I mean, I just, this is, this sounds pretentious. It's not, I don't mean this to be pretentious. It's just the best way I can describe it. I just grew out of the taste of Mountain Dew. Like I didn't have it for a long time. I don't drink a lot of sweet drinks. And then I tried another like pull of Mountain Dew and I was like, mm. you know, it's just had that really saccharine, like fake corn syrup flavor or whatever that I just couldn't stand. I've kind of wondered if I might try the glass bottle Mountain Dew. That's more like the Mexican <laughs> cane sugar Mountain Dew. I wonder if that's better, but they do make that. I mean, there is old school Mountain Dew. So, um, 
I don't know how often I need to drink Mountain Dew, though. I just don't know how much how much of that I need. But where do I stand in the hard Mountain Dew? So this has zero sugar. It says Tony. Um, the white. They've got the painted. flavors. I'm I'm very curious about the black cherry. You know, I like black cherry flavored stuff. I'm not. I don't get the. But I do wonder if the sweetness of this will cut it into that Robitussin type flavor. Um, I'm I'm fascinated by the idea of the plane. Yeah, I'm down with that, but uh, I don't want about watermelon. I don't, watermelon, I love watermelon, but I don't know how well it translates to something like this. But we'll we'll see because I'll probably try it. So that's fine. Tony, the big part of this news, and I don't know if you saw this, but um, here is the big part of this news: is not just that they're going to release Hard Mountain Dew; it's that Pepsi has partnered with Boston Beer Company to make. Hard Mountain Dew. Shouldn't it be a Boston Salsa Company? Let's be honest. Right. Eighty percent right. of their business is now salsa, which is struggling apparently. Truly and twisted to yeah. I mean, so I'm not sure. Actually, I'm not positive how it's going to get made, but I think Boston's going to help, going to cup, going to carry the distribution at least. So I presume they're going to make it. I don't know why they wouldn't. They're going to have the shit to make it, right? They're going to have the fucking what's dextrose or whatever it is, the way you make hard seltzer or whatever, right? Where you it's all dextrose until, yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's just sugar, water, you know what I mean? Fermented. So um, Now I'm surprised that is, nobody's come up with this before though. This is the thing. Surely mm. somebody would have thought to have Stuck alcohol in Mountain Dew before and, and sort of invented this now, at some point. Now, of course, we all of us who went to college in in uh, anywhere ever uh, did enjoy pouring some vodka into our uh, polar pop of Mountain Dew and uh, thirty two ounce Mountain Dew, and then walking down the street to Memorial Stadium, for example, and <laughs> <laughs> going to a football game, maybe or whatever. But um, I don't know who would do something like that, but I don't know. Somebody might. Uh, so I think that was probably happening. But alas, uh, guess who had to get his head into this? And I know we haven't talked a ton about this. We have brought him up a few times. But some guys just like to get their head into stuff. And uh, guess who it was this time? It was our old friend, Yepi Yarnit Bjergso, the founder of Evil Twin Brewing, uh, who has thus claimed he invented hard Mountain Dew. Uh, thank you to JJB, our friend JJB. Uh, we love him. I mean, I love Evil Twin. I think Yepi is such a character, but he is, uh, he is a, he's just got a little bit of dickhead tendency, you know. Um, I think it's well documented that he and his brother probably hate each other because they are think? too, well, they definitely, okay, it's well documented they hate each other, but one reason they hate each other is because they are very much alike. Very. <laughs> um, uh, Yepi just has the loud, he, he tends to break the megaphone out a little more often. Um, so in this case, he, uh, he shared an email he got. Uh, so Evil Twin did make a, a Midtown Dew Sour Ale um, a while back. Uh, they've made a few kind of soda-inspired beers. They made a cola-inspired Beer. They made a cola-inspired seltzer. I, I think they're all pretty clever, you know. Um, some of them have even, in fact, I think used just syrup 
from cola, uh, in fact. So, uh, you know, whatever, kind of cool to make. I think the Mountain Dew. So he shared an email he got from the Mountain Dew strategy and innovation team that they were intrigued and interested. Uh, so this came 17 March 2020. So literally like the day the pandemic kicked off here in the U.S. Yep. Um, so he got this whole thing. They had potential collab in mind, all this uh, with uh, with uh, uh, with them. And he mentioned, he says, uh, Jim, I think he's referring to Jim uh, Cook, probably over at uh, Sam Adams. That Jim can send him that IP check. Uh, that is That is really <laughs> funny. So... Yep, he claims he invented it. You know what? Sure, uh, it is interesting that he got. It is funny that he got the email from Mountain Dew. They clearly had this in their in their minds. But I don't know if I don't know if Yepi's going to be able to claim that he invented. Uh, if you were going to say Dew. he he was a person in the wider world, would you say he's the Donald Trump of the beer world, or is he the no. Nicholas Tesla of the beer world? If you had to pick between those two descriptors, I think he's the Nicholas Tesla. Of the yeah, he's world. much closer to Nicholas Tesla. I think he's a much he's a very good brewer. I mean, Yeppy's beers are wonderful. I mean, yep. he makes amazing beer. His brewery is beautiful. His his bars I've been to are wonderful. He's a seems like if you if you met him under the right circumstances, I guess right. If you weren't, he he would probably be a lovely person actually you know he might be a nice guy and i bet if you made friends with him he'd fucking have your back till the end of time for god's sake but um he's also just someone who will just say stuff yep this is the problem with twitter if he was just standing at the end of his own bar yelling that he invented this stuff people would laugh and uh it wouldn't get broadcasted to the wider world funny crutch the old guy i know he's not old Yelling about he's stuff getting, that he didn't really there. invent. He's probably coming up on fifty years old. So he's, yeah, he's but this is like a seventy-five-year-old talking about war stories and and shit he was involved in and invented that he didn't really right, invent. Yeah. Right. You're right. Yeah, we all invented it. It's fine. We were all pouring Southern Comfort into our Dr Pepper. I know it's fine. Um, so kind of funny though. Um, shout out to Yeppy though. I'm not gonna. I don't want to. I don't want to fucking bitch at him too much he's he's pretty cool it's just he's just <laughs> he just can't he just can't stop he's he's so good um so uh we will try i will try hard hard mountain dew for the show of course i um i might even try that one live because you know the way we record this me sitting in the dark on my computer i just can't think of a better way to drink something called hard mountain dew i don't know i mean it's just like playing video games when i was in college right i'm sitting here trying to type a fucking paper or something and uh, recording a podcast instead, just drink hard Mountain Dew instead of regular types. That's cool. All right. Other little piece of news, Tony. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Montucky cold snacks. So the Montucky cold snack. uh, So Montucky cold snacks got some, got series a funding. They got fucking VC funding. Uh, Montucky cold snacks are an interesting company because um, they make sort of just a light beer. Uh, like you're just an American lager and it's pretty good. You know, it's fine. That's all they make. It's in Montana and it's available here in, in Nevada. They are good for walking around on the strip. You know, it's a, it's a non bud light version of a thing to walk around with, uh, here. It's a nice refreshing beer. Um, and I think that's why they created it. And it's just really interesting that 
sort of the startup uh, saw a space in the market for like just a more independent provider of a better version of shitty beer and they did it. And now they're getting like $6 million in venture capital funding to expand. So uh, kind of wild. I, I like the cold snacks. I think they're kind of cool. I think they're sort of a fun modern version of a PBR or something. You know what I mean? That tastes a little better. Um, and they have, they, they donate like 8% of all their sales to the national parks or something like that, or their conservation services or something. So they have a cause behind them. I Do mean, they produce beer? Good I'm for like, them, but I'm on their yeah. website oh, and, yeah. and they just seem to be pimping out their, their foreign to us, but th- this product called seltzer. If you don't know if you've ever heard oh, of is it. Mon- Mon- is Montucky kicking out a seltzer now too? Um, yeah, they, uh, oh, yeah, they do. Oh, interesting. Now, uh, they got the cold snacks. The cold snacks are on here. Uh, I see them. Just go to MontuckyColdSnacks.com, and you can, you can, so they got swelters at, swelters, seltzers. They don't have anything about the beer, because I don't think there is much to learn about it. I think it's just beer. Um, now, I know nothing about this company, but I tell you what they remind me of. Don't know if you're familiar with the music subgenre called Vaporwave. They are like a Vaporwave version of a salsa company or a beer company. What is that now? Well, it's essentially um, hearkening back to more music, Vaporwave. So, okay, sure. Yeah, slowing it right the fuck down to like 400% slower than what it originally was, throwing on a, a shit ton of um, reverb. So it's like you're in a mall in a bad, bad PA system, echoing through like sort of nostalgia for that late 90s, uh, sorry, early 90s, late 80s kind of vibe. And that's what these guys remind me of. With with their marketing and all their swag that goes along with it, yeah. Because they've got the they've got the glasses, they've got a nine, almost six foot long floaty that you can put in the ocean or the river, or the lazy river. They've got towels yeah. and tank tops, and it's all extremely well branded, extremely consumerist. Um, Fronted in a in an ironic way, I think it has the vibes of a retro beer, but it's not a retro beer, right? It's the retro beer for hipsters. I mean, that's what it is, right? It's yep. it's a, it's a it's filling a gap that if PBR doesn't fill it for you, or high life doesn't fill it for you, you can get this. So it's the beer um, from Prime Malika. Somebody described it as a really good bad beer, and I think that's kind of pretty much right. What it is. That's about exactly what it is. It's not good. You're not going to drink it and be like, damn, that's awesome. Honestly, if I had to pick a flavor, I would rather drink High Life. I think High Life tastes better. <laughs> there is a sweet finish to this that I don't love um, uh, to this beer. Um, High Life is a little tighter than this beer. Um, but whatever. If it if there is one at a bar, I'd drink it. I don't care. You know, whatever. That's fine to me. But uh, they're getting the fact that they're getting VC funding is just like such a trip to me it's it's just such a wild wild thing so that's pretty crazy um so but hey whatever i wish i could get six million dollars for coming up with a dumbass beer tony you'd be rich <laughs> i would um, be i can come up with some dumbass beers no i would too i, I make up i make up four or five of them every week Vegemite. Uh, speaking of speaking of <laughs> uh tony um 
it's of course uh, there is some more news to to come out uh this week but we also have to play a game which means that it must be time for a segment we're going to bring back and now has an excellent uh, little tune to go with it. This is a, so- uh, a segment called News the Game. We're back. We're we're here with the breaking news, Tony. Of course, uh, but first we have to give you some fake news. Also, at once, uh, fake news and real news all mixed into one. That's what news the game is. Uh, you might notice that news the game is a lot like this or that, but it's not the same. <laughs> it's news the game. So get it right. Um, so. This week, Tony, it's one of our favorite weeks of the year. No, it's not the week when Bourbon County comes out. It's the one where we find out what the Bourbon Counties are going to be, Tony. It's a big week. We all get to know what this year's Bourbon Counties are going to be. And in this game, we will find out what they are, but you're not going to find out till the end. I already know what they are, in fact. And listeners, you might already know, or you don't, and you're going to find out at the end, too, if you want to play along. But I have called this news the game. Uh, this one's called Bourbon County or Burble Country. Uh, so five of these beers are the real Bourbon Counties, and five of them are Burble Countries. They, I made them up. This, uh, I think, will be tough because you're not going to come up with any lunatic flavors. So I think this really could be quite tough. Well, you know, it depends on how much you view the flavors that already that are going to exist as being lunatic flavors. I think you're going to have to you're going to have to think about. So, Tony, you do get one benefit. So the fact is, there were eight that came out this year, and there's three of them I decided to leave out because um, it really just didn't work for the purposes of the game. One freebie you will get is that they will have regular Bourbon County this year. Uh, <laughs> okay. They will continue making regular. So regu- there are eight uh, release, you know, ones are going to release. So regular will be c- making another return this year. Uh, they always release uh, what, what we call uh, in Chicago, we call prop, uh, the proprietor's blend. Um, so that is the Chicago only release. This year's is themed after a strawberry ice cream bar and it has strawberries, coconut and vanilla. I mean, <laughs> you sure, got to get I your hands, how, hands on that surely. I'm not I'm not nuts about the strawberries, but I, I would definitely try it. You're coconut right. though. You, you. Yeah, I know. I love coconut, right? Well, I, well, and that's why I got to get my try to get my hands on this one, which is going to get a wider release, but this one is called 14 and essentially they are remaking the 2014 prop uh, which was the a legendary uh, one, and this one has cashew bark, coconut water, panella, and panella sugar syrup. And they did Ooh. brew this version of it with a rye uh, malt blend instead of just the regular stout blend. So um, that one sounds fun to me. I'm into that. So those three are coming out: the regular, the prop, and the re-release of Prop 14. Um, and there are five more. 
So, Tony, let's get going. Let me read you some of these. You have to tell me if it's a bourbon county or a burbel country. Uh, here is the first one. Tony, are you ready? I am indeed. All right. The first one is called Bourbon County Reserve 150. This is a bourbon barrel-aged stout aged for one year in Old Forester 150th Anniversary Bourbon Barrels. Uh, these barrels are hand-picked limited edition barrels that are celebrating the distillery's anniversary last year. Ooh, this is tough. I don't know the the history of a lot of distilleries within America. That sounds true to me, though. I could imagine a distillery being around for that length of time. Uh, would they have survived Prohibition? Perhaps maybe it's a revivalist brand. It's real. Bourbon County. Lock it in. Tony, that is a Bourbon County release. You got it right. That is real. Uh, that one sounds very good to me. That is a nice barrel-forward beer. That's what I want from them. That was the stuff they did really well last year. Um, that one sounds excellent to me. Uh, Reserve 150, I am into that big time. Um, and Old Forester, I learned this recently, Tony. I went to, we, went to the, we had to go to the Cosmopolitan a few weeks ago, meet up a friend who was in town. Um. And uh, the old fashions they make at the Chandelier Bar in the Cosmopolitan. You've never been there, but the center bar in the Cosmopolitan, if you're playing, you can sit there, play video poker. They'll comp you a drink when you get in there. Uh, and they make their old their old fashions with Old Forester. Pretty nice. fucking good, actually. I mean, it's pretty good. <laughs> For a comp drink, you ain't going to beat that. So. All right, next up, Tony. This one's called Bourbon County Double Barrel Rare. So this is a bourbon barrel-aged stout, aged two years in Pappy Van Winkle 23-year barrels, finished in Pappy Van Winkle maple syrup barrels. Uh, Tony, uh, famously, Bourbon County did have a rare a handful of years ago, so that might be some of the history you might be missing from this. There was Bourbon County rare. This is many years ago now. That was in uh, Pappy Barrels. It was going for secondary Upwards of one thousand dollars a bottle for it. So. Wow! I double barrel rare. I think you've tried to hit on every trend here to make this the most sought after Bourbon County, but I think this is blurble. I think that this is not real. I think this is uh, you've hit on every hype marker with Peppy Van Winkle and the rare thing. And the thing that tips me over is I don't think Budweiser would greenlight a beer to be sitting in a barrel for two years, and especially a barrel of that quantity. So I'm going to say that this is blurble. Okay. All right, Tony, this is a burble. You're right. I made that one up. Uh, I actually just stole something I did with the Horace. So I think, actually, I did the same thing. So. Uh, uh, you're, you're two for two, Tony. That's that's pretty good. We're going to give you that. Uh, next up, here's one. Uh, I think you're going to like this one's called Bourbon County Old Fashioned. And this is a bourbon barrel aged stout with candied orange peel and Balaton cherries. Ooh. I'm not even going to go on instinct. I want this to be real. So I therefore think it is real. I'm going to um, secret this into existence 
um, yeah, real. Tony, this is a verbal country. Oh. Unfortunately for you, this is one I made up. Uh, actually, Kelly helped me kind of come up with this one. We were we were tossing these around. Uh, this is verbal. This is verbal country. Uh, uh, candied orange peel and Balaton cherries. Now, a little. This is a mix of a lot of things I've been thinking about lately. Uh, I learned from our friend Brian, uh, contributor to the show, that he doesn't even use simple syrup in his old fashions anymore, which he makes for me quite a bit. He just tosses the tr- the candied orange peel in there. And uh, that's enough sugar. And I'm like, you're right. Yep. He's right. He is. Uh, and uh, I, I got to get my hands on that. So I got to, because I make the lazy man's old fashioned anyways. But instead of making simple syrup, I just, I take like a teaspoonful of the, the Lachardo cherry stuff and just <laughs> drop it into my bourbon. Um, but the candied orange would actually be better than that. So I, I think I'm going to. I think I'm going to get my hands on that, but I thought that sounded pretty good. And I do wish, I agree. I wish they would make that. Yep. I want that. That sounds good to me. So uh, maybe, maybe we can will it into existence next year. Maybe they're listening. All right. Budweiser, Anheuser-Busch, Goose Island, whatever you guys, you know, are. If any of you, right? You know, I know Goose Island is different. That's fine. All three of you, but... If either of you have a connection to the guy who's making the beer, make that one. You know, that'd be really good. Yep. Anyways, number four, Tony, you're two for three. This one's called Bourbon County Cherry Wood. This is bourbon barrel-aged stout finished on toasted honeycomb-shaped cherry wood chips. See, I don't think... Because... <laughs> These guys are all about barrel, and the fact that you're putting it on chips doesn't ring true for me. This is, to me, blurble country. This is a burble. This is a burble. You think this is a burble country. All right. Tony, this is a bourbon county. What? This is going to come out. This is coming out. Bourbon County Cherry Wood. I kind of want it. It's coming out. Yeah, I also I do too. Yes. I also want it. You know, the funny thing is, Tony, I'm actually still a member at Iron and Glass until the end of the year. So I am absolutely entering the lottery for the fucking oath. Bourbon County. I'll just go. I'll, I'm, I'm going to be back for Christmas. I'll just have somebody fucking grab it for me and I'll <laughs> hold it for me. It's fine. So, yep. Bourbon County Cherrywood is real. I want this really bad. Um, that sounds good to me. I'm down. I do like that they're doing a couple of these barrel forward, more barrel wood forward things like this. I guess that's not any more barrel. For, it's just not su- sweetened with sugar stuff, so it's a win. All right, next up, number five, Tony. Number five. Oh, you're going to like this one. This one's good. Um, Bourbon County Doghouse Special Reserve. Okay. Hip- so this is a um, Elijah Craig... Uh, single barrel aged stout with Portillo's chocolate cake and oh. vanilla. So this is a collab they did with the guys, the gang over at Portillo's. Now, what do you think? This should be real, but I don't think it is real. I think this is you relying on your Chicago roots. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, of course, that's what they're famous for. Uh, is there a chocolate cake shake? Um, I think right. this is a fake beer that should be real. This is country, not county. This is verbal. Yeah. 
This is Burble Country. You're yes. right, Tony. I made uh, Kelly. I think Kelly made this one up. Actually, I think she really wants. She really wants this one to be real. I think it does sound good. I, if you get enough, if you got enough distinct bourbon flavor into this, this could be really good. That but could I, be really, really good. I don't necessarily think this is a Bourbon County um, beer. I think this. Say, if Horace would have partnered with. Portillos, I think this would the port, work. Maybe the maybe the Portillos in uh, in California because there is one there. So maybe maybe they hook up with them. That's a hey, good idea. Send them a note. You're you're you've got an in there. You've got a membership, yeah, tell, which is pretty much yeah. an in there. I'll tell my I'll tell my buddy Frank. He's got an in there. Let's see let's see what we can get going. All right, all right. That one's not real, but it does sound pretty good. At fucking oath, it does. Uh, next up, number six. What are you at now, Tony? You're at one. Two, three, three for five. Yep, doing pretty good. All right, three for five. He's he's in the he's in the hunt here. This one is called Bourbon County Reserve Blantons. Uh, this is aged eighteen months in Blantons single barrel bourbon barrels. Blantons, one of the most sought after bourbons in the country right now. This is true. But I feel like you've had other Blanton's beers. How many barrels have they got lying around? Uh, maybe they're I mean, good Blanton, enough. I would guess Blanton's has probably a lot, actually, because yes. they make a lot of stuff, you know. Um, I think this is this is county. This is real. This is bourbon county. It sounds delicious. Sounds like you need to win this in the lottery. Um, this I want to drink. You're doing a delicious job. If this is a fake bunch of flavors you need to go into recipe development this sounds Product outstanding yeah. yep pity you don't know anybody yeah. with a marketing background that could help you with the marketing yeah well i'm not getting into well unfortunately this one was already productive by goose island this is a bourbon county okay they will be coming out with reserve blends now i did also read that there is a lot of hype around the blends that is maybe a little unwarranted so Maybe this is a little bit of a hype bourbon that said 18 months in Blanton single barrel. I mean, whatever they, some of the best, some of the best bourbon County I've had was aged in, I had the, I had the single barrel wide wild Turkey and I yep. like, I mean, wild Turkey's fine to me, but the single barrel wild Turkey was actually my favorite from last year's like mix up of all the different barrels. Cause it had a very distinctive note. I mean, it was very clear uh what you were drinking and hopefully the blanton's you know i don't know if the quality matters it, it sort of it does to a degree right obviously the quality of the bourbon matters you're not going to dump it in to 10 high barrels or something but uh i do think there's there's there it's just sort of there's some process in there i don't know what it is how they're washing it how wet the barrels are when they put it in i don't know that lends more of that distinctive flavor so you know, if Blanton's has a nice distinctive taste, it, it'll cut through nice. I don't know if I've had it in a long, it'll certainly not recently enough to know anything about it. So whatever. All right, Tony, you got that one. You're four for six. You're on, you're on the path to not having to donate the one, uh, hundred million dollars to the, uh, uh, to the nuns or whatever. And, uh, this one, this one you're going to love, I think. This one is, uh, this one, hey, we were just kind of talking about some of this. This is called Bourbon County Classic Cola. This is a bourbon barrel-aged stout with lime juice, lime and orange juices, and zest. 
plus coriander, cashew bark, nutmeg, brown sugar, and vanilla. This is uh, this appears to be meant to invoke the taste of cola. The juice is the one aspect that sort of has got me thinking that this is fake when we talked about cola beers earlier. I think this is a country, not a county beer. This is Burble. This was made in in Burble country? I do. Unfortunately, this is made by Bourbon County. This is a real Bourbon County that will get released this year. Bourbon County Classic Cola. This was maybe the one that sort of kind of blew me up a little bit. I, I didn't know what to get from this. I don't really care about the additives. I don't or the adjuncts. That doesn't matter to me. I don't care what they are. It, maybe they. I mean, there is a citrusy note to cola. You know. Yeah. Oh, that's a part of cola. I was just worried about the yeast conversion and what happens there because juice doesn't tend to fare, fare well and become. And a I don't know when they. I don't know when they add it or what. But no. um, I'm. Cautiously optimistic. I mean, it says they're intending for it to taste like a whiskey and, and cola, you know, Jack and not a Jack and Coke, but like a whatever, a beam and Coke. I don't know. Yep. That's bourbon. Jack is sour mash, of course, as we as we all know. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> now, yeah. question. That's made in Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's the real difference. Right. Um, I forgot what my question was going to be. I did have a question for you. I'll drink it. I'm I'm a little concerned about the, um, the brown sugar part. Actually, maybe gives me a little anxiety because it's a very sweet beer. <laughs> now, uh, it, it's that's going to be a little wild, but all right. Now there was a beer. I'm not sure whether it was the Bourbon County, but that shocked you last year. Was it the Caramella beer? Was that a? Oh my Bourbon god, County? that was so good. The the apple, the caramel apple. Yeah, Bourbon County Caramel. Oh, man, that was so good. Our buddy Nick, our friend Nick, said he went, he, I think he went through eight or nine bottles of that beer. Um, I mean, it was really delicious. Like, yeah. And you were yeah, skeptical of that last year, so maybe. I am always skeptical of anything Apple. Um, Especially I, around I, beer. Right. So, but this was on point, dude. It was, they hit the target on that. It tasted like a like an Affy, Affy Tapple branded Caramel apple. I, I loved it. Um, all right, Tony. So where are we at? You're four for seven. Yep. You're on the cusp. Uh, this one, uh, number eight. Where are you? Did I? There you are. Okay. Number eight. This one is called Bourbon County Triple Barrel Blend. This is a blend of bourbon barrel-aged barley wine aged two years in Elijah Craig barrels, bourbon barrel-aged stout aged two years in Heaven Hill barrels, blended and finished for one year in Willet Pot Still Reserve barrels. Now, what a, I know they've done beers in all these barrels. This makes complete sense to me. This should be a classic beer so therefore i'm going to stick with my instincts they let me down 50 percent of the time they get me right 50 percent of the time so this is bourbon county 
final answer. Lock it in. Bourbon County. Boy, it sounds awesome, doesn't it? Unfortunately, it is oh, a fake beer that I made up because I want it really bad. Uh, you know, we talked about I, – I, I was thinking about um, – I don't know if I talked about this beer on here. I know we talked about the Dosadania beers that I drank, yeah. um, but there was a blend, a barley wine stout blend that they made as part of the Dosadania release, and it was so fire, dude. It was so – good and and you just sort of want that like i think they could really do that really well obviously they blend really they do a great job blending these beers um this could have been this this could be a great beer but uh i'm actually not sure if there is any barley wine lying around at 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 the old bourbon county right now so i think they're i think they're kind of they're hunting for that right now so that one's not not it you're four for eight you're gonna need one you're gonna need one of these i am you're I feel like one ben, of these. ben Simmons at the free throw line. Can I get about fifty percent? Or two fifty percent. He's open for that. Here's your next one, Tony. This one's called Bourbon Bourbon County Land of Lincoln. This is a bourbon barrel aged all Illinois corn wine aged in Blom Brothers straight rye barrels. Corn wine's not a thing. This is this is Burble country. This is Burble. This is Burble. Tony, you're well, you're wrong on one account. Corn wine is a thing. Again, I've drank it. But uh, you are right that this is a Burble country. Uh, I did make this up. I have had corn wine. Uh, work, our, our, the guys over at Workforce made a corn wine that was barrel aged. It was really, really extremely yummy and weird and slightly weird tasting. Sort of tasted like barrel aged malt liquor. Um, but, uh, yeah, you're right. This is fake. Um, this is, this is not a real beer. Uh, I would try it though. Blom brothers, a, a, a very good distillery out in Galena, Illinois, but, uh, yeah. Come on, Bourbon County, get on this. this is a good idea. All right. Last one. You're five for nine. I think you've crossed the threshold. You, you, you'll now only have to donate 500 K. So that's all right. You've saved yourself quite a bit at this point. Uh, you can you can clear the whole thing off the decks now. If you can get this one right, this one is called Bourbon County Double Barrel Toasted Barrel. This is a bourbon barrel aged stout aged one year in Elijah Craig small batch bourbon barrels, then a second year in Elijah Craig toasted barrel barrels that are more heavily toasted and very lightly charred. Oh. I'm going to say that this is real. This sounds like marketing speak to me. Now, I don't know why it just, yeah, just this is a marketing graduate seems to have designed Mm -hmm. this beer or at least the naming of it. I'm going to say this is real. This is Bourbon County. Now, I know and I, I live with an advertising person. You know that, right? Uh, uh, I wasn't aware, but yes. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, you are right, Tony. So you got that. You got that right. Uh, that's a real one. That's a real beer. Uh, the double barrel toasted barrel, awkwardly named beer, but um, 
Sounds good to me. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much Elijah Craig is extra toasting the extra toasty barrels. Um, but I mean, it's a two year barrel aged Elijah Craig stout. So, you know, sounds good to me. I don't know. <laughs> whatever you did to it, it sounds good to me. I'm in on it. So, uh, so those are your, so Tony, you went six for 10. Good job. Uh, but to, to release the real news, um, to break the real news, the real bourbon counties that are coming out, Obviously, we had the ones I said at the beginning, the regular, the prop, and the 14. Then the Reserve 150 in the Old Forester 150th anniversary barrels. The Double Barrel Toasted Barrel, the Double Barrel Elijah Craig. Um, The Reserve Blanton's, 18 months in the Blanton single barrels. The Cherry Wood uh, finished on the honeycomb-shaped Cherry Wood chips. And the Classic Cola uh, with all the cola flavor stuff, theoretically. So that's your real ones. A very wood forward, barrel forward selection this year, minus the cola, the prop, and the 14, I would say. Yeah, I feel like last year was more fruit forward and localized, but this is sort of more more wood focused and, and yeah, less adjunct heavy. Not a lot, no coffee, um, really lacking on the coconut, kind of disappointing there. I know there's. Yeah, you know, well, you hope that with these very barrel-forward beers that maybe the coconut comes through more organically, in fact. Um, The only thing I'll say I'm disappointed about, and I think this has been a common uh, complaint, is that there is no barley wine or wheat wine or anything, corn wine, rye wine, any of your favorite wines. (laughs) Uh, And instead, they have gone with the cola edition. Um, That's fine. Whatever. I'll I'll still buy them because I'm a sucker, but I do wish they were. I wish they bring back the barley wine. I I re- always enjoyed their barley wine entries. So let's uh, let's drag those back out. That's what I think, anyways, Tony. I'm with you there. All right, Tony wins uh, the round of news the game Bourbon County or Burble Country news the game. Now that it has a drop, I think I'm just going to have to bring it back. So we're stuck now. <laughs> uh, Pretty good, though. Big week of beer news. Tony, I think it's time to wrap this uh, shit up. What do you think? I, I think that's a damn good idea. I think um, right. I think people should find out where to contact us. Uh, I think the number one place to do that is on Untapped. Because let's be honest, yeah, do you place. want communication with us? No. You want to see what beers we're checking in. I'm St. Moz on Untapped. Look for more beers that I'll be checking in. I've tasted them. I haven't done complete tasting notes. My thoughts aren't clear on it. I'm not a take two sips and rate a beer person. Give me two beers, then I'll rate it. That's the way I do it. I'm not sure how Griff does it, but if you want to see his reviews, he's Griff AD on Untapped. Yeah, I'm not doing much on the reviews. I'm just writing, yeah, that's what I write on my oh, I don't. I don't um, write a 10,000-word essay. I don't, in fact, write any words, but I do spend time thinking over my 0.25 increments of how I'm going to score a beer. Don't rate off two sips, people. Give it at least three sips. Here's a beer that I got a friend drinking right now, Tony. Uh, This is called Black Currant Puff Daddy Black Currant Blueberry Banana Coconut Marshmallow. Uh Uh-oh. I think PastryBot has meandered into the untapped. He's 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 walk he's walking in. Oh Lord! Oh, 
Don't go scrolling through your untapped. You're going to see all these fucked up beers your friends are drinking. That's, that's crazy. <laughs> um, if all people right, want to find us places, on Instagram, where would they yeah, find they us? Yeah, they should on- probably do that. Yeah, whatever. Sure. Uh, come check us out on Instagram. We're Beer Engine Pod. Um, and drop us a note on there. If you want to get on the Discord, we're always going off on the Discord. Top secret pictures that I post on the Discord. Uh, don't worry, none of it is any of our dicks or uh, anything like that. You don't have to worry about that. Um, or email us. You can email us like our friend Tyler did or our friend Corey did. Actually, I did forget to uh, mention our friend Corey's email, who did tell us last week that uh, Schlafly Pumpkin Ale is on the way in. So that's exciting for our friends who are in the area where they distribute. Um, but yeah, email us. We're at beerengineshow at gmail.com. Uh, and frankly, I guess that's about it. You know, uh, if you guys are feeling optimistic or up for it or feeling in a good mood, uh, maybe give us a review or some, a like or something or whatever you do on the podcast apps of five stars, uh, five stars, five stars, five stars, hook us up with some of that on what, on your favorite podcast app. That'd be kind of cool. Maybe we can catch a little more, um, promotion because our, uh, our community is uh, growing a little bit. So we would love to see some more people get involved and, and come talk to us about beer a little bit. So, or whatever, I don't know. Olympic basketball, only so much of the year we can talk about Olympic basketball, but we'll try to sneak it in. Um, Tony, anything, any last, last words <laughs> for the, for the week anyways? I don't know, but it's, it's nice to be out of, um, out of lockdown, but I don't know what other freedoms I've got. Oh, I tell you what freedom I do have. I have the freedom to now pick up Domino's Pizza. Hell yeah. Mm. Bring us let's find out how that salmon wash down that salmon prawn with a hard mountain dew. And that's a night right there. That is a night. Perhaps I could actually do with one of the hard southern comforts. I haven't tried the apple version. Like you, I sort of uh not real keen on apple flavor um spirits. Ow. No, no, that's not good. Um, yeah, I, uh, I'll be getting the hard Mountain Dew. You guys can find out what it's going to taste like. We'll see. We'll see when that pops off. Um, last thing I'm going to leave you with is I just got an email from. I, I now I'm a part of Nextdoor. I don't know if people are familiar with the app Nextdoor. Is it like DoorDash? Uh, Nextdoor is an app where a bunch of old ladies go on to say that a black kid in a hoodie was walking down the street and try to alert the neighborhood or something. Um, it's just full of insanely racist people. Um, and this lady just posted, I'm going to be a grandma. So that's what we've learned about our neighbors so far as members of of Nextdoor in Vegas. <laughs> going to have to say I don't recommend it so far. So don't, just avoid that if you if you get invited. And if anybody, right, before yeah. we go, just briefly, if anybody wants to check out what's happening in my neck of the woods, um, Mafra Out and About is our local Facebook group. So, yeah, check it out, folks. Oh, Hopefully they're not doing the same stuff they are here. All right, y'all. We'll talk next week. Later.